stick your cock up her ass, you motherfucking worthless cocksucker. Did you fuck my mom? Did you fuck my mom? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. of the Unholy Mofos. I am Jake the Snake alongside, as always, Brother Scott. I think that would have worked better as a soundbite. Whatever. (laughs) I just want to say that I want my goddamn dead babies, okay? I want my goddamn dead babies back. And, uh, yeah, out of context, that may be wrong-sounding if you haven't looked at the episode title. Not knowing what we're talking about, you may be thinking, Jake, you are one fucked up individual. Well, for one, you are right anyway. But second of all, that seems to be the part of the subject of today's show. A little bit more Stephen King. Yes, tonight we are talking about, well, two 90 Stephen King movies, Sleepwalkers one. and The Night Flyer. Yeah, I haven't seen Sleepwalkers before this, so uh, let's just say uh, my review is probably going to be pretty interesting. <laughs> Let's just say, I think Stephen King was still on his cocaine craze while writing that one. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think so. <laughs> oh, what can be even more fucked up than kids fucking each other? Mm, how about mom and son fucking each other? Mm. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, first of all, yeah, we got a lot of things to talk about, including our woman of Unholy Mofos tournament. We may be changing things up a little bit because of this little piece of feedback we got. Yeah, um, we got uh, feedback from somebody saying, you know, that it was it was quite confusing and the way we were trying to do it. So uh, we're just going to change it up. And yeah. uh, I guess Jake is going to put the, uh, the little piece of feedback in right here. You know what? I take it back. I do have a little something more to yell at you fuckers about. Thanks to that goddamn girls tournament. What the fuck are your goddamn criteria for choosing a girl? Is it the better fucking movies or who you want to stick your dick into? Because it's some goddamn <laughs> bullshit what you guys are picking already. I think you guys just want to stick it in your own asses. And I don't know about the girls. I don't even know if you want to look at them or not. What the fuck is wrong with you guys? Pick the hottest goddamn chick as it is. Or at least who you want to stick your dick into the most. Dumbasses. Oh yeah, this is Balzac. <laughs> 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 well, thank you, Balzac. <laughs> so we got another ribbing from Balzac. So yeah, yeah that's that's something. <laughs> what have it any <laughs> other way? <laughs> yeah, so we're uh, we're gonna change it up. We're gonna kind of do along with what uh, Balzac said. I wanted to change it up a little, make it a little bit different from, you know, what all my heroes did. But I guess if you know. People think that way is better. We'll just do it that way. Yeah. I just want to point out, it was all Scott's idea to do it that way. Scott was worried about being sexist and all of it. Like, Scott, who is our listener base? Seriously. You know, everybody gets offended by every little fucking thing. So, you know, you, you got to try to appeal to the masses. Moving on. Uh, yeah. Round one winners. We have Shawnee Smith winning in a close 4-3 to three. Thoughts? And she was against Amelia Clark, right? Yep. Uh, well, <laughs> I guess it's somewhat fair, yeah. Well, you voted for her, so... <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> uh, next matchup was Margot Kidder against Chloe Grace. And let's just say Chloe blew Margot out of the water with a 5-1 victory. <laughs> Damn. Uh, next up, we had Anne Hathaway against Danielle Harris. Another kind of close one. With Danielle winning three to two. Okay. So me and Balsack are the only ones who voted for Ian. <laughs> and then Sarah Michelle Geller against Courtney Cox. God, you and I got freaking reamed up the ass for this one. Four to two, Courtney. Oh wow. <laughs> Every everybody who voted voted for Courtney Cox. Um, I'm actually kind of shocked about that, honestly. I figured it'd be a close one, but I don't know. I just figure, you know, people would like Sarah a little bit better, especially considering, well, she's better looking these days than Courtney. Not so much. I mean, she's she's all right, but, you know. It, it. So uh, basically we're going to change things up going on to this, you know, second batch of round one matchups. We are going to do basically, we're going to take the girls and we're going to put them in a specific time frame So, like, 
Jamie Lee Curtis in Trading Places or The Fog or something like that, you know, instead of, you know, Jamie Lee now. Just to kind of, you know, even things out a little bit and make it a little more easier for people to pick. And to be fair, I thought she was spoken in Halloween 2018. That's just <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, you, you agreed to it, so shut up. <laughs> so, week two matchups. Let's start out. We've got Marissa Tomei against Linnea Quickly. <sighs> and I think you know where I'm going right off the bat. Yeah, let's see. Put a time frame on this. I would definitely say Linnea, like, circa mid-80s. You know, especially Return of the Living Dead when she's just fucking stripping right on that graveyard. Oh, man. But, yeah, I might have to go with Marissa on this one. I mean, she's she's the best Aunt May there ever was. <laughs> God, Aunt May. <laughs> yep. So basically, that that's a pretty easy choice for both of us. All right, then uh, after that, we've got Jamie Lee Curtis against Emily Blunt. Where are we gonna put Jamie Lee's timestamp? I liked what you had eighty-two, like you know, early eighties. <sighs> All right, well, uh, if you're struggling, uh, I haven't really seen Emily Blunt in you know enough movies to be able to judge her higher. Than Jamie Lee, I mean, you know, she she's been in more iconic films, I think. So, I think I'm gonna go Jamie with this one. Yeah, you know what? And now that I think about, it, I have to go Jamie as well. I I can't remember too much I've seen Emily Blunt in, like probably the first Sicaro movie, and Quiet Place, and otherwise I'm blanking. <clears throat> All right, well that's uh, another two O. Let's uh, move on. Next matchup, Kim Cattrall against Natalie Portman. Ooh. <laughs> so kind of a tough one. Yeah. And I'm talking uh, like Kim Cattrall, like Police Academy days. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just watched uh, Star Wars prequels recently, and, you know, Ned looked pretty good in uh, part two of that. <sighs> Kim Cattrall. All right, well, we uh, we finally have our opposing views. I'm going to go Natalie. I've always thought she was uh, smoking. So, yeah, for me, that would be Natalie. So we're going to have to rely on the listeners to break the tiebreaker. And then moving on to the next side of the bracket, one of the toughest ones I think we're going to have, Emma Stone against Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> so this uh this is a tough one yes um that's scarlet honestly i really want to say scarlet but i mean emma stone was in zombie land and yeah pretty much i grew up watching that for like the last 10 years 10 11 years and, you know, she's been in my life a lot longer than Scarlett Johansson has been. So, honestly, I'm I'm going to go Emma Stone. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. I mean, besides, you know, Eight-Legged Freaks, I haven't seen Scarlett Johansson in anything other than the Marvel movies. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what that I can here. think of. Same here. And, of course, I just think about her and those just tight leather outfits and, like, man, that... 
what does it for me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's this four uh, four matchups for this week. Uh, they will be uh, posted up on Facebook and Twitter on uh, as soon as the show goes live, yeah, or and... roughly around that time period. So you know, if you have a voice that you want to, you know, I don't know. If you want to vote for one of these girls, you know, go on there and vote for on whatever platform you will, you choose. Seems a, yeah. seems a lot more people voted on Twitter. Balsack was the only one who did it on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, and yes, these rules it makes things a lot more easier. No uh, two minute waiting periods, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Tough week. I, I I thought it was gonna be a little more, you know, evened out, but you know, if you uh. Would you like a preview for next week? Yes, please. Okay, so next week's first matchup, Adrian Barbeau against Diane Franklin. Hmm. Alexandra Daddario against Brie Larson. Beverly D'Angelo against Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And Carrie Fisher against Jillian Anderson. Hmm. So that gives you something to think about for the next two weeks. Yeah. I like that last one. A uh, bit of a nerdy matchup right there. So, oh, I like this so far. Yeah, me too. That's why I called it the 2020 search, because maybe we'll do another one in the future. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, moving on. Okay, well, guys, I just squeeze in just another segment right here, because I want to return to uh, fucked up sex positions, because... A few weeks ago, I was hanging with my girlfriend and her neighbors, and uh, somebody brings this up and says, do not look this up on Urban Dictionary. Now, of course, knowing me, I did anyway, and laughed my ass off. Will you laugh your asses off too, or will you be disgusted? Let's just see. And this one actually is in my neck of the woods, I guess, maybe or originated in there. So this one's called the Iowa Atomic Corn Bomb. I'm guessing this has something to do with corn. This action requires one full day of preparation. The day before hooking up with a filthy pig, every meal consists of eating nothing but corn on the cob. Hey, that kind of ties in with one of her movies, actually. (laughs) The morning of the hookup, you will need to ingest one full bottle of X-Lax while fucking her huge tits. And before you dump a load on her face, you release a massive atomic-like explosive diarrhea of corn-filled shit from the previous day's prep work on her stomach. You then slide your ass up all over her chest, onto her face, finally cleansing your ass and her hair, thus leaving devastation everywhere. Jesus Christ. (laughs) What kind of... Fucking friends are you hanging out with? (laughs) You stay away from me, Jake. (laughs) See, that's the reactions I'm looking for. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah, Balsack, what do you think of that shit? (laughs) We know you're listening. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure it got him all rowdy. Well, okay. Uh, While well, I go cleanse out my stomach. <laughs> From the entire Channel 4 News team, I'm Veronica Corningstone. And I'm Ron Burgundy. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. Ah!
Uh, first of all, well, let's talk about some sad shit first. A couple of deaths and one we actually forgot to talk about the last time. Actually, it didn't come out until we finished recording, so... Uh, no, this one, the one I think you're talking about, yeah, I forget, but week before, well, we lost uh, Jerry Stiller, you know, Ben's right. dad, and also George Costanza's dad on Seinfeld. Also, Carrie's father on uh, King of Queens. The funny guy, and, you know, was in almost all of Ben's movies. You should uh, go online and just look up Jerry Stiller bloopers and <laughs> gag reels. <laughs> 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 Fucking hilarious. <laughs> and then the other one, <clears throat> you know, Scott, I was talking about is Fred Willard. I mean, yeah. this guy's been just about a lot of things. Like, uh, well, first thing that comes to mind for us is, of course, Anchorman. I know he was in Chuck for, I think, one or two episodes. Yeah. See Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. One thing I think back on is that he was playing Devin Sawa's dad in Idle Hands. I really haven't seen that movie enough to remember all the actors in that movie. Oh, yeah. God damn, there's a lot. Yeah, I just got Blu-ray of that, so you can expect that in uh, next, what I've been watching next episode. But of course. Yeah, but, yeah, anyway, guy was fucking hilarious, and god damn, I didn't realize he was that old in 86. Holy shit. Isn't he still acting? I, I think he might have been. And, you know, if he was, uh, I mean, he definitely didn't look 86. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, somebody posted that he was uh, a victim of, you know, all the, the drug use in, like, the 80s. Eh, I mean, you, you never know, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess everybody was doing it back then, so why not, right? Yeah, well, according to this article, it seems to be just, like, natural causes of what they say. But, again, it's what they say so who knows at 86 you can call it natural causes i mean it that's right around the age when it should be happening yeah our ip to both of those funny men yeah and uh little happier stuff is that uh screen five is expected to begin filming this fall in north carolina and With, uh, uh david arcut yep looks like david is returning and nev campbell is still in talks I'm thinking she might be returning, so I guess we'll see if Courtney is going to be joining in. I mean, does that make sense? That would be interesting. Why would that that be interesting? Just the dynamic, you know, continuing the dynamic between her and Dewey. I mean, yeah, I know her and David have been divorced, but, you know, they've been divorced like a decade now. I mean, if there was any bad blood, they should be over it, you would think. You would think. I know they said something about, like, they really want to honor uh, Wes's memory. Let's, uh, let's hope that they do a good job. And, uh, yeah, I don't know when they plan on releasing it, but if they're going to start filming this fall, I would, I guess I would wager in, like, fall of next year, possibly. Mm, about a year after filming, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like, you know, I just remembered, like, the first screen films. All came out around December time. Well, Scream 4 was an April release. Still sucks I wasn't able to go see that in theaters. Hmm. I went to go see it twice in theaters. <laughs> Back-to-back days, I should add. I don't know if I've... Oh, wait. <laughs> I, you told me that, yeah. I was going to say, I don't know if I've heard... I'm like, oh, yeah, I did, I did that with the first Zombieland. Never mind. And, of course, well, another thing that's been delayed. It appears that now it's Godzilla vs. Kong. Possibly delayed until summer 2021. 
Well, hey, you know, at least at this point we know summer 2021 is going to be fun. I know they said, you know, that that was probably going to end up happening anyways just because of, like, the CGI. And, you know, I mean, go do it. I mean, if you need that extra year to, uh, you know, get the CGI right, do it. It's probably a bright spot of most of these movies being delayed. Like, they could put some final touches on them. Yeah, nothing worse than uh, a movie that should look good but doesn't. Right. I'm sure you don't care about this, but I'm talking about it anyway. Henry Cavill's returning as Superman. No, I don't care. I don't care about the DC universe. Of course, what they're talking about is, of course, that while he's returning, well, there's no plan for Man of Steel 2. So uh, they're pretty much suggesting that uh, Cavill's role is going to be pretty much like Hulk's role in the MCU, just a supporting character. My God, how much does that have to suck a bit for, like, Superman fans? I mean, it's Hulk, you know, it kind of sucked that, you know, he only got one solo movie. But, you know, in some ways, like, he's kind of always been, like, a side character type. And even in the comics, even in the first Avengers. And even so, he was still, like, a scene stealer anyway, no matter what movie he was in. Especially Ragnarok. But, yeah. you know, but Superman... Yeah, that's really gassack because, like, he's, like, the face of DC. Him or Batman. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, that freaking DC is just beyond saving right now, it seems like. Yeah, I don't know. They they just, they can't do anything right at this moment. Well, they got some things right. I mean, they did good with Wonder Woman and Shazam. I mean, goddamn, Shazam was probably my favorite of the DCU movies. And, well, from right here, they kind of fucked up things a little bit with Birds of Prey. But, uh, you know, yeah, maybe one misstep after, like, a few uh, current... One step forward, two steps back. Yeah, after a few successes, probably not too bad. I mean, if we ever get Wonder Woman 2, we'll see what happens there. I just... I have no faith in that company. And, uh, speaking of shared universes, well, uh, I mean, I don't know if this is... Actually, going to be a shared universe anymore, but you know, throwing in more uh, the Universal Monster movies they're making, and now we're getting uh, Ryan Gosling as the Wolfman. No thanks. Yeah, I think it could work. Yeah, and, you know, I'm interested to see what they could do based on it. Like, oh, okay, this is this part has me interested. I missed this part of the story. The movie will be set in present times and in the vein of Jake Gyllenhaal's Nightcrawler. With an obvious supernatural twist. Okay, you got my attention. In the vein of Jake Gyllenhaal's Nightcrawler? What? Yeah, that's, that's what it says. I don't know. Yeah, I think Gosling's a good actor, so... I think maybe now Universal's I, starting to take their Universal monster movies a little bit more seriously. I mean, you would, you think they would after, you know, the Tom Cruise mummy movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a train wreck that was. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, shoot, yeah, I guess uh, they dropped a new trailer for Christopher Nolan's uh, Tenet, and fuck, I still haven't watched that yet. Uh, have you checked that out? No, but, you know, whatever was on TV. I'm still confused. I still yeah. don't know what the movie's about. Yeah, we'll see if that's uh, getting its original release date. Mm, no, it's not. I, uh... 
Yeah, I know they said something about uh, the movie uh, on Twitter. It's now saying that it's coming to theaters, and it's not. It doesn't have its release date anymore. So, pretty sure that it's not gonna happen. Well, what a boring summer this is gonna be. What can you do? So stay home and play video games. True that. Listen to the unholy muffos. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Good lord, what are you watching? I ain't been watching much. When I'm not sitting there practicing on the guitar, fucking destroying my fingers. Uh, let's see. The Simpsons has been on TV, Disney Plus. Uh, Hell's Kitchen, that was on. And there's a couple movies. I know I told you about them. Oh, yep. Uh, I watched for the first time Escape from New York. Oh, yes. Escape from L.A. First time I've sat down to finally watch these movies. Yeah, what do you think? I don't know if I should blow the load now or be harsh about it. (laughs) (laughs) The first movie's cast was awesome. Oh, yeah. Fucking Tom Atkins, Adrian Barbeau, I mean, Donald Pleasance. Yeah. (laughs) You know. Harry Dean Stanton. It, it was that was a ridiculous cast. I can't. I, I don't even know how much the movie fuck cost to make, but it seems like it had to be a lot. Yeah. What about L.A.'s cast? <laughs> Just as amazing. Uh, honestly, I think L.A.'s cast was a little more lackluster. Hey, you had Bruce Gamble in there, Buscemi and Stacy Keach, and there's probably <sighs> some other ones I'm missing, but been quite a while since i've watched that one i do gotta say though the cgi is so fucking bad yeah these movies it's it's real bad yeah i I just remember the sequence (laughs) where snake was traveling through the water like through like i guess what was it's an old universal park or something like that something and uh, well you know 90s rarely had some good cgi and if they did well it was like lightning in a bottle, like uh, the first Jurassic Park and Terminator 2. And even those movies had some questionable scenes, especially when you watch them now in like high def 4K. But yeah, definitely uh, I kicked my ass for not watching it until now. I, I've tried to watch them for so long, but usually when I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch this, you know, something usually always came up and I was just like, well, all right. And then. Uh, just got put on the back burner and I never revisited it. And, well, I, I finally said enough. So I finally checked them out. And I'm going to spoil it now. It's a show idea for somewhere down in the future. Mm-hmm. When that will be, who the fuck knows? Yeah, got so much <laughs> on the back burner right now. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of no name movies, but yeah. Pretty much the only other thing, you know, is just I've been having like uh, NASCAR races on just in the background while I'm doing stuff so that I have something to listen to. NASCAR, huh? <laughs> Let's <laughs> just say there's been a lot of crashes in the last few weeks <laughs> that have made it really interesting to watch. Like the first lap of every race, there's usually a crash, and it's it's been interesting. Now, uh, I think you also told me you were watching prom night as well oh yeah yeah yeah. i watched prom night for the first time as well and uh 
Where the fuck did Leslie Nielsen's character go at the end of the movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's he, a, was, that's... he just up and disappeared. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, oh, they probably just didn't have him for too long or something like that. I I don't know. Like, I just completely forgot about him at the end. I mean, I the only reason I remember is because you know everybody's asking what happened to your dad? Where'd he go? And you know, it, at first I'm like, you know, they're trying to build it up as Leslie's the killer. It has to be. Right. Because, and then it's the brother. Like, where, where's the payoff? Where is he? <laughs> yeah, spoilers for a 40-year-old movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it, it was a really dumb movie. Yeah. One of my least favorites of the uh, early 80s slashers. <laughs> I will say, though, I would check out uh, Prom Night 2 much better. It's, it's a different story, but it's, uh, it's a much better movie. Prom Night 2, Hello, Mary Lou. Yes. And then uh, Prom Night 3 was eh. Prom Night 4 is not really a good movie at all, but you know what? I kind of enjoyed that one. It's a little bit of a guilty pleasure of mine. And the remake, well, <laughs> avoid that like the plague. Whatever you do, avoid that one. That probably got to be one of the worst remakes ever. <laughs> and I like, didn't even know there was a 3 and 4. That's that's quite shocking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I can just remember when All My Heroes did that movie. I made a joke on my feedback that at the end of the movie when like uh, her boyfriend's fighting with the killer who is her brother, they should have had Leslie Nielsen just pop in and say, I just want to wish you all good luck. We're all counting on you and go back out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. There had to be something. Oh, yeah. I were bringing up her boyfriend. That's just something else I found so fucked up about her that movie. You know, her boyfriend is just one of the few kids that actually killed her sister, and he's dating her. I mean, he's still, like, beaten up by all the guilt and stuff, and it's like, you know what, I'm gonna date her sister. Yeah, okay, that's not gonna be a reminder of what you did every day right there. Well, I know uh, he tried to tell her when they were out on the, the cliffs, but wasn't able to bring himself to do it. Yeah, I bet they broke up after the events of that movie. That's for goddamn sure. (laughs) (laughs) That movie could have been uh, ten minutes longer to explain everything, but, you know. Uh, I don't know know about that. I mean, it's already an hour of nothing happening, nothing happening. And uh, depending on the copy you watch, it's like kills in very poorly lit areas. Yeah. Even, like, the chase scenes really weren't all that tense. Yeah. Like, the freaking one bitchy character. As much as you're hoping for her to die, she's making such stupid mistakes. And it's just like, fucking kill this bitch already. Yeah. That that chase scene went on way too longer than it should have, honestly. I mean, if it was, like, Jamie Lee, you know, you'd probably feel a lot more tense at home. Of course. Yeah. Then again, the killer had no reason to go after Jamie Lee. <laughs> she, she had some wacky dancing in this movie, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just as wacky as fucking Crispin Glover. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> then again, I never went to like prom or anything like that, so, you know, dancing in general is just wacky to me. Mm-hmm. All right, then. <laughs> why, why, why do I want to go to something like that where everybody is... That I hate is there. Like, like, I just I don't see the reason for it. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, I'm done. Okay. 
Well, I'll just get all the rewatches out of the way. Heard me at first. Um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Event Horizon, The Ring, Silent Hill, 13 Ghosts, Identity, Darkness Falls, City of the Living Dead, The Rock, House of Wax, War of the Worlds, two of the Blair Witch movies, the second one, then the third one. Not really a fan of the first Blair Witch, honestly. But you'll watch the second and third? Hey, they're a little better. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Fright Night. Well, you know, again, continue to do some franchises. Uh, first one I started out with was the Urban Legend trilogy. Yep, there's a trilogy of those. Well, actually, there's, for my here, according to IMDb, there's technically a fourth movie they tend to, like, actually add the Urban Legend title to. But, uh, well, the ratings go down each movie, and that fourth one is the lowest rated one. So I'm like, yeah, I probably could skip out on that. Yeah, that one's got Roddy Piper, and it's like, Roddy, what are you thinking? <laughs> I mean, you you mastered it, and they live. Why'd you have to go and screw it up? But, uh, yeah, I still like the first Urban Legend, and, yeah, Urban Legend Final Cut, well, it was bad, but a kind of an entertaining bad. And then uh, there's Urban Legend's Bloody Mary, which is uh, directed by Mary Lambert, who did the first Pet Cemetery. It's like, ooh, talk about one-hit wonder there. <laughs> But to y'all, this one, it, again, it was bad, but wasn't, like, offensive bad to me. I'm like, yeah, okay, I watched this. And, of course, I wrote here in my uh, letterbox review that, well, Kate Mara was in this movie. And I wrote in my review, well, she was in Fantastic Four, so she's been in worse movies. I would definitely watch this one over Fantastic Four 2015, uh, for goddamn sure. I don't think I would ever watch Fantastic Four 2015. You ain't missing much. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've been told. <laughs> uh, watch half of the Hellraiser franchise yeah, because there's so many goddamn movies in that and well yeah they definitely go downhill in quality I mean, first, yeah. two, first two I think are really great and you get to three which is a downgrade but you know it's still kind of a fun movie and there's Bloodline which again it's still kind of a fun movie for being bad and then the next one in the series I don't know, I wanted to check this one out again for a long time, and uh, I decided to, so Hellraiser Inferno. I mostly wanted to check that one out because it's directed by Scott Derrickson, the guy behind Sinister and Doctor Strange. So I was like, okay, uh, let's see this, and yeah, honestly, I didn't think this one was too bad of a movie. The problem is, it really does not need to be a Hellraiser movie. I don't think it really was at first, he just had like original script and like hey let's just put pinhead and all the other centibytes in this and you know you can just tell it's like just seems so forced you know the hellraiser aspect of it you know if they left all that out and just gave us a really good psychological thriller supernatural psychological thriller i think it would have been a lot better uh let's see and then uh, i decided to do a little bit of an m night Shyamalan marathon too and meh yeah again talk about something that goes downhill quality as things go on sixth sense i still think that's a pretty good one unbreakable and signs and then you get to the village and I, you know i didn't think village was too bad but it was just a little dull and boring compared to the other movies and of course you get to the happening and <laughs> again uh, it's bad but it's kind of an entertaining bad and it just kind of makes you wonder, it's like, 
M. Night did start off pretty good, and I just wonder if, like, the bad reviews of his movies before that just kind of got to him when he made The Happening. I know, uh, I know, like, all that really bad, you know, responses can really get on away on your mind. <laughs> but, of course, you know, watching The Village and Signs, <laughs> once again, all I can think of was the uh, scary movies. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the Hills Have Eyes movies. There's the original, and then they made a sequel to that. And then there's a remake, which they made a sequel to. Uh, I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion or not, but I really don't care for the original Hills Have Eyes. If I remember correctly, the, the original is kind of slow. Yeah, it is. Like, it's, it's like what you would call a slow, slow bird. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like the if you were if you were to watch that movie, I would say you would have to watch like the last twenty minutes, and you'd you'd be able to watch the whole movie. Yeah, ain't no offense to Wes Craven and all, but yeah, yeah, not everything he made was a masterpiece. I mean, well, I mean, for every Nightmare on Elm Street, there's a Deadly Friend, and for every Scream, there's a My Soul to Take. So, and then yeah. there's Hills Have Eyes Part Two, which yeah, was kind of entertaining. I mean. It was just kind of more of a B-movie and just a little fun. And then, well, there's the remake, and holy fucking shit, a remake. It's just one of those deals where the remake is ten times better than the original. I mean, yeah, it's gorier, but I think the mutants and the remake are a lot more intense and shit. I don't, uh, I don't think I've actually seen the remake. Oh, yeah, i check it out. I mean, I know it's, I've, it's been on Fear Fest, but I can't remember if I shut it off or not. Oh. I remember the opening is basically them, you know, would talk about like uh, nuclear tests and stuff, and then yeah. like, I believe a bunch of guys carrying like nuclear waste into like the desert. Yeah, that's all I remember about it. Yeah, well, I wouldn't watch this on TV. I mean, got some really good death scenes. I mean, there was one death scene in that movie that first time I watched that movie, I'm like, oh, holy shit! Maybe, uh, maybe we'll do it on the show. Yeah, could be. And there's a Hill Have Eyes Part 2 will remake, and, you know, that one gets crapped on a bit, but, you know, I don't mind it. You know, I have a little bit of a funny story about that. First time I watched that movie was back in the college days. I just remember it was one day, like, I think is back when I discovered, like, DVD ripping, and so, you know, in between classes, I had, like, a long period between classes, and I was going to go back to my room, and I decided to just hang out in the cafeteria area. Like, yeah, I'm going to watch a movie, and there's this movie. And let me tell you, I am so glad I watched it with my back to the wall, nobody else behind me, because that fucking movie begins with a woman uh, giving birth to a mutant baby. <laughs> uh, uh, it's uh, a lot more ickier than it sounds. Uh, I don't need no mutant babies. I could deal with dead babies, not mutant babies. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... Well, speaking of icky shit, watch Hostel 1 and 2, and, well, I think I'm getting better with the eyeball scene in part 1. You know, when it's about to happen, had my hands covering my face, like, no, oh, I, don't, I don't think I can do it. I was like, okay, let me do it. Uh, <laughs> okay, it makes me cringe, but I'm not dry heaving, so I think I'm getting better with that. <laughs> <laughs> puke. Uh, you know you want to puke. <laughs> As far as first-time watches, uh, let's see. Watch uh, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, with Jake Gyllenhaal, which you know, is a decent one. I mean, 
it's kind of a something you have on in the background while you're doing something else type movie, but it ain't bad. And while we're talking about uh, John Carpenter earlier, well, watched another one of his movies, Village of the Damned, which, uh, you know, was made when he was like kind of on the downhill of his career and you know which is surprising considering this was made like one year after the mouth of madness and you know that's probably one of his better ones but and he follows it up with this i actually remember that one i watched it uh last fear fest i don't remember it being that bad yeah i don't know i I mean it it was it was a little weird yeah i wouldn't say it was bad i mean i'm not saying it's bad either i mean i just rated it like two stars on letterboxd i don't know not one I'll be going back to anytime soon, that's for sure. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker. And then, <laughs> I love uh, that joke. And then last is this uh, newer movie that came out called Body Cam. Oh, about some cops who are, are being picked off one by one by a supernatural being. Turns out they may have been involved with some uh, shady shit. And I don't know. Wasn't too impressed by this one. Seems like they had long periods of time in between all the supernatural shit, and, you know, it's kind of a uh, lost interest. Yeah, other than that, watched lots of Family Guy, and, uh, oh man, gave me one of my new favorite Family Guy moments. <laughs> I mean, it's an older episode, I mean, like, well, maybe five years ago older, but the one where they go to Niagara Falls, and they almost drown, but Joe saves them, and Peter's like, almost died, I even envisioned my own funeral. And then his funeral, his hula dancers and monkey singing, Grandma got run over by a reindeer. <laughs> and everybody's eating huge pretzels. I don't know why, but that shit made me laugh. <laughs> Sounds like Peter. Yep. <laughs> and that is my list. Oh, all right. So uh, who's up first? I think chronologically, I am first. Well, all right then. All right. So get a break, put some music on and a little trailer and we'll come back to talk about some really fucked up shit in Sleepwalkers.
seem to get that through to you. I'm talking about God, the devil, hell, heaven. Do you understand? Finally! Charles Brady is new in town. You can actually talk to him? Yeah, he's nice. Real nice. The girls all like him. The teachers all respect him. Your teachers in Ohio must have been sorry to lose such a creative young man. The parents all trust him. He's utterly charming. But nobody really knows him. Like his mother. You cannot be in love with this girl. She looks. You don't know me, Tanya. But I want to. Behind their smile is a secret. Hi. Come in, Tanya. I have something for you. I don't know who you are, but I know you're not who you say you are. Behind the secret is a hunger. Does it have to be her? <laughs> and behind it all is the imagination of Stephen King. Somebody help me, please! He killed one of my men. He was scared of a cat. Stephen King's Sleepwalkers. And now we're back with Sleepwalkers. Came out April 10th, 1992. A 5.3 on the IMDb. A director, Mick Garris. And, uh, well, this guy, one of the things he's done is Critters 2. And he worked on a few more Stephen King stuff, like uh, he did uh, the Shining TV series remake, and of course, most notably, The Stand. So yeah, he's uh, got quite a few Stephen King stuff in his, and of course, written by Stephen King himself, and whether or not, uh, it's based on a unpublished story of his. Nothing that's been released, so you can't uh, go look this up and compare and contrast. It just kind of makes you wonder what the written story would be like. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> as far as cast goes, well, Brian Krauss, he's in this. He's mostly known for, like, uh, being on Charmed. And uh, I actually met the guy before at a Comic-Con. Oh, they wanted to meet him just because of Sleepwalkers. And uh, I don't know how to pronounce the chick's name. Madshin Amick, the main chick. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what her name is, but really, do we really need to know? <laughs> <laughs> Alice Creed. I know her because she was in Silent Hill. Uh, Ron Perlman is in this movie, too. And, hell, we got some... Uh... <laughs> he's in the movie for all about five seconds. <laughs> yeah, and he's, like, top build, too. <laughs> and it's kind of funny he's in this movie because, you know, you realize that he almost kind of looks like one of these sleepwalker creatures. Yeah, he he, uh, he looks weird. Yeah, yeah, he's a weird-looking guy, but, you know, let's face it, he could kick both of our asses, so... <laughs> yeah... Yeah, a bunch of other cameos, which we will get into. Like this opening sequence, we got a bunch of cops at a crime scene. And of course, one of the cops is Mark Hamill. I, he looks familiar. This uh, crime scene is going to make John Wick go crazy, I tell you what, because there's a lot of hanging dead cats. So whoever did this does not like cats. And they go going to investigate the house, and well, they hear noises coming from the closet. So real tense scene while they're going up. 
And yeah, it's just the cat too is actually alive, given the fake cat scare. Like, uh, nothing wrong here until a mummified corpse falls out. Listening to the audio, mine was kind of delayed a little bit. So <laughs> there was a body that came flying out, and then like a second later, bam, like a like a score. Okay, delayed audio, yeah. Yeah, when I watch to... when I watch stuff on my phone, like the audio gets delayed just a little bit. Uh, okay, and uh, yeah, well... I tried I tried watching it on my computer, but like at the uh, <clears throat> I tried I started it out on my phone, but with the audio issues, I switched over to the computer, and then at the fucking the theater, like it froze completely. So I went back to the phone, and <laughs> it was a weird <laughs> experience watching this. I can imagine so. The fuck up thing about this mummified corpse is that, well, it looks like it's, you know, been in there for, like, fucking decades or so. It's got braces. Whoever this corpse is belonged to a younger woman. And we get opening title sequence, which you know, we get some uh, cat stuff in there, like folklore about cats and the sleepwalker creatures. And now, here we are. Travis, Indiana. Hey, look at that a Stephen King story that's not in Maine. Yeah, I thought I was going to be in California all the whole time. Yeah, and we meet a few of the characters, Charles and Mary Brady. Now, Charles, he's just looking at this yearbook photo of our maid chick, Tanya. Well, he goes up to Mary, and yeah, first of all, we're just thinking, you know, they're a couple right there. You know, they seem to be dancing a lot and looking out to the yard where a bunch of these cats are coming for them, but they felt some trap for these cats. Now, after a while, we find out this couple might be a little bit more than a couple when uh, Charles calls Mary mom. And uh, that's when things get a little weird when they start making out a bit. He starts carrying her in his arms upstairs into the bedroom. And I guess we could uh, guess what's going on back there. <laughs> Yeah, not, nothing like a little incest in the morning. <laughs> yeah, like I said, man, Stephen King must have been on a shit ton of cocaine writing this. Now we get to a movie theater in town, and he uh, meets a character of Tanya. You know, she's having a little fun listening to some oldies while cleaning up. That's when she bumps into Charles. Yeah, gives her a little bit of a scare, but uh, you know, they start talking that she recognizes him as a new student in her class coming from Paradise Falls, Ohio. And you know, they flirt a bit, and he goes in to see his movie. Well, it's just the next day we get them into English class, and Charles seems to be talking about this story that, of course, sounds familiar about a couple of sleepwalker creatures who have to go town to town. And then we get to teach her, Mr. Fallows, who is actually played by Glenn Shalix, also from Beetlejuice. You recognize him? No, but he kind of looked like the, uh, the fucking the wrestler dude from uh, Billy Madison. Yeah, I guess I can see that, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Fallows seems to have, like, some uh, suspicions about Charles. And, you know, just watching him even after class is over. Then, you know, we get some signs about how tough a teacher he is. Like, ends up slapping the student's wrist with uh, his ruler saying, keep your hands to yourself. And, well, now, Tanya's getting out of class and you know, she runs into Charles, you know, who smooths talking her a little bit and convinces her to give her to get right home from him in this nice little Trans Am. I think I had a friend who had a Trans Am back in high school. I don't understand what the big deal is with Trans Ams. They're really not that cool looking a car. Yeah, they, I think they can be. Like, I, mean, I guess I can understand. They could probably be a little cramped, you know? And I don't know. I'm more of a old school Charger, new school Challenger guy. 
Well, she ends up taking him back to her place, and you know she's showing off all of her photography, and you know she, one of her hobbies she has is like making etchings off of gravestones. Not creepy at all. Nope. He talks her into like getting a date with her. Him next day to go to one of these graveyards to do these things. And uh, well, on his way home, he ends up being followed by Mister Fallows, who seems to be blackmailing him because he found out. There is no Paradise Falls, Ohio, where he says he's from, so his transcript is fake. You would think that if you're trying to pull off a scheme, you'd actually want to have the place be real. Yeah, but on the other hand, you can kind of see, like, like if it was a real place, they could call that up as like, uh, yeah, we didn't have this student. I guess. Yeah, I mean, either, either way, I think you're going to get caught. <laughs> either way, you know, yeah. Yeah. Mr. Fallows gets a little, you know, more confrontational and uh, slapping Charles. Uh, this is when Charles grabs him by his hand and breaks it off and gives him a little line of, you're right, people should keep their hands to themselves. That was, uh, that was interesting. I didn't see that coming. And where we get first face change from Charles, when he starts uh, turning a little bit into the sleepwalker creature, kind of a half-human thing for now, like when it's just like kind of cat-like features on his face. You want to say, and uh, ends up chasing Mr. Fallows around and eventually catches up to him and eats him alive. And well, after this, well, Charles starts going home and ends up speeding past a cop and uh, a cop who has an attack catch with him. And well, that will end up being true, of course, a little later. And of course, you know, speeding past a cop, yeah, not a bright idea. So a chase scene ensues with the cars. And even at one point, like, there's a school bus that stop and a crossing guard's helping these kids go along. And I think Charles is uh, willing to hit one of these kids. He doesn't even have a look of oh shit on his face. He's like, yeah, I'm going to run this kid down. So, yeah, he's, he's a little crazy. Yeah. And of course, crossing guards say the little girl at the right moment. Uh, the, the cop, Andy Simpson, gives him more chase and... Something I found out is that uh, this guy who played uh, the cop right here, he was in Beverly Hills Cop 3, which I find interesting. According to IUGB, he played a character named Cooper, but I, <clears throat> I don't remember who uh, Cooper was in that movie. He looks familiar. Like, I, like, he's been in stuff, but I can't pinpoint what it's been in. Well, after a while, Simpson ends up losing him. He stopped by the side of the road just looking around. It's like, yeah, where'd he go? Uh, of course, his cat Clovis can see him. You know, we get the cat vision, which, well, in this movie, cat vision is, like, all red and shit. <laughs> I always find it interesting when we get vision from animals in these types of movies. Like, how how would we know what the animals see and all? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like, how, how do we know dogs can't see in color? I don't know. I mean, I, I know they've, been, they've done a lot of studies on that, but... Who knows? Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that before, you know, the Charles went all invisible in the car. Like, at one point, you know, Simpson gets side by side with him. And when Charles sees the cat, well, he freaks out a bit and face, like, changes, like, into, well, many, many things. Like, we get to true Sleepwalker format, well, even get a fucking baby at one point. Yeah, that was <laughs> weird. Like, like, why would he do that? Yeah, I mean. I mean, changes to the sleepwalker form is one thing, but a fucking baby? <laughs> this is a very weird movie so far. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Well, eventually, yeah. Oh, Simpson gives up and drives away, and, you know, Charles comes home, and 
you know, mom's like freaking out and for not bringing home lunch for them because she's getting hangry. Yes, hangry, hungry, angry. You know, and start slapping him around a bit. But of course, that's when she sees a gash on his arm, which I don't know. Maybe I missed this taking the notes and stuff, but like I, I, I didn't see what happened either. Yeah, it's like a cat just glared at him in the car, but I don't think they got that close enough. Those a talk things a little hand then. <laughs> Another little uh, mommy and sunny time. Except this one we actually see. It's really fucking weird. Yeah. And what makes things even weirder is that in the middle of this, we get a reflection of them in a mirror. And in the reflection, we see their true forms. They are fucking ugly. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, the next day, uh, Chanya, she's getting ready for the date. You know, putting up a picnic basket and... Even a bottle of wine that she's hiding from her parents. And, you know, she arrives at the Brady's home and mom's acting a little weird and all. And Charles is trying to get her out of the house quickly because, uh, you know, he notices. And they're in front of a mirror where they can see their true forms. And he's like, uh, yeah, mom, we really, really gotta go. Tanya notices that he's got a different car this time. It's it's not the usual blue Trans Am. It's a, now a bit of a red car because, well, that's another red one. Of, Mustang. Yeah, that's another one of their powers. They can change things. I mean, man, wouldn't that be so convenient as hell? It'd be so uh, nice to have that power in real life. Just anybody be able to walk up to a car and be like, I'm thinking I want to drive a Bugatti today, or I want to drive a fucking 1969 Charger, <laughs> or I want to drive a, a, a fucking motorcycle. I don't, I don't know. Just to be able to just fucking drive whatever you want any day, just be really cool. <laughs> yeah, but if you could turn your car into a tank, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine that right now. <laughs> yeah, so to the graveyard they go. And of course, uh, after they enter the graveyard, the uh, car changes back. I guess that power can only last for so long. Yeah, they're getting a little flirty in there. And you know, they start making out a bit. But during a makeout session, well, Charles starts to use the life-sucking stuff on her. And she ends up fighting him off. And... That's when he changes into the creature. He's like, isn't this the excitement you talked about, Tanya? That's <laughs> where he gets really, really jokey. And well, she ends up smacking him on the head with a camera. She doesn't do much. And even stabs him right in the eye with a corkscrew. <laughs> and yeah, it really I, messed up. Yeah, and I just love, after she stabs him with a corkscrew, you know, blood everywhere. He's like, oh, man, look at my shirt. Mom's going to kill me. Well, she ends up running out of the graveyard and... Around this time, uh, Simpson comes along and, well, of course, he knows it's the car near the graveyard. So he's like, oh, got to stop for this. And Tanya ends up running out, like, freaking out. And while uh, Simpson gets out trying to calm her down, well, Charles comes up behind him and jams a pencil right into his ear. Gives out one of the best lines of the movie right here. Cop kebab! When did this turn into a one-liner movie? <laughs> I just love that. I mean, that is like right up there with the fucking garbage day. Uh, so and, uh, well, Simpson comes back to life just for a little second, starts shooting at Charles, but obviously he doesn't phase him. So he grabs a gun from him and shoots him. Now he's going back to Tanya about to kill her, but the cat Clovis is in the car, ends up jumping out and attacking him. And yeah, we can see like why they're afraid of cats because, you know, not only they, cat doing some damage on him but we can see like smoke coming out of him while 
he's being attacked. Yeah, kind of weird. Eventually, he ends up running off, and, yo, he's getting home, and, yo, he's, like, foobar-looking. So Mom's trying to help him, and, you know, he's trying to go invisible, but he's just so damaged that he just can't. And now, well, there's a lot of people at the cemetery right now, including a shit ton of cameos. Right off the bat, we see Stephen King. He's a guy who is a caretaker for the cemetery. And, you know, he's going around saying, hey, yo, man, this shit ain't my fault. He's saying this to uh, fucking Toby Hooper at first. And then Clive Barker ends up trying to talk to the sheriff. And then uh, got a little other cameo right here. The police photographer. I was just, I watched that guy. I was like, god damn, why does he look so familiar to me? So, yeah, I found police photographer on the IEDB page, looked him up, and it's fucking Ted from Friday the 13th, part two. <laughs> the things you learn. Yeah, I mean, my god, talk about a cameo overload in this one scene. Yeah, that's probably where all the budget is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. We're back at that house, and all the cops are coming up to it, so Mommy ends up having to use her powers to make not only the car invisible, but her and Charles, just as the cops are coming in, including Ron Perlman as uh, Captain Soames. And we can tell he's a take-no-shit type guy. And so, like, uh, we're back at the uh, Robertson house, and the cop that's been chosen to watch her is having some dinner with them. Corn on the cob. Tanya's upstairs just taking a bubble bath, and still freaked out, keep seeing Charles coming for her. And now we're back at the Brady house, Cops are on watch outside the house, and they just see the door open and close just by itself. They're like, huh? What's going on here? What the uh, hell was that? Must have been the wind. No way there was the wind. And just as they say that, well, Mary appears right behind them and bops her head together. She ends up arriving at the Robertson house, and first thing she meets up is with Dad. You know, he's freaked out, and well, she ends up smashing him like, Around the face with a glass vase, ends up giving him some cuts, and he ends up like kind of tumbling down onto a end table. Kind of funny because you know, as the fakest tumbling I've ever seen, you could just tell the actor was just running towards it. <laughs> <laughs> I and I can't really tell if this kills him or not. I mean, I mean, I think at one point I saw him breathing, but I just couldn't tell if that was the character breathing or them doing a bad job at catching the actor breathing. I don't know. It's, it's these kind of movies. He, you just don't know. Nah, never can tell. Now she ends up throwing mom out of the house, and oh, the cop tries shooting her six times. Good <laughs> lord, is he a fucking terrible shot? <laughs> I, mean, I, I was saying to myself, I'm like, they let this guy be on the fucking force, and he can't hit a single shot. I, I mean, none of the bullets even get close to Mary at all. <laughs> oh, sad. <laughs> Mary's just watching it's just like probably thinking the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> she's probably thinking oh I should just spare you out of pity <laughs> now we're back at the cop station where the sheriff is looking over the uh, photos with some lab technicians lab technicians played by John Landis and Joe Dante so yeah a little bit more cameos right there at this time the officer calls is like freaking out but Mary comes up behind him and oh my god <laughs> If you ever thought you'd never see this used as a murder weapon, she picks up a corn on the cob and stabs him in the back with it. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking dumb. <laughs> I ain't making this up, and uh, the one-liner she says was that, no vegetables, 
no dessert. Uh. <laughs> so, and though she picks up Tanya and uh, again, nice little icy Paris, icy France moment with her over Mary's uh, shoulders and her nothing but her shirt. And uh, well, at this point, Thomas uh, has come along and, and the other officer, well, they're just like coming up to Mary and like, hey, put her down. I said, put her down. Points at her face and she ends up biting off three of his fingers and then breaking his arm and smacking him in the face with it. As a cool kill right there. And even gets better. Like other cops at the other side of the street shooting at her. Well, she ends up picking up Soap's gun and shoots at another cop car and those cop cars. And I guess suddenly she can make these bullets magical. Because once she shoots at them, uh, they fucking explode. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I, I was just thinking to myself, um, Hollywood? That's <laughs> <laughs> the only explanation. <laughs> Back to the house they go, and, well, she sees that there's a shit ton more cats outside, so, yeah, rather than just, uh, trying to walk through them, she ends up running, running to the garage. That's how they enter the house, and, you know, Cheryl's laying on the couch near death, and, well, she makes Tanya dance with him. And, uh, well, during the dance, he starts healing up a little bit more, and now we see him in a true sleepwalker form. Starts sucking the life out of her, but then she just jams her thumbs right into his eyes. Right as another cop just burst in. And, well, of course, door open. A bunch of these other cats start coming in and attacking Mary. And a little John Wick moment. She ends up breaking one of his cat's neck. And, well, another point, like, one of the cats on here, like, cop ends up blast, trying to blast her away. And, in the uh, meantime, ends up blasting the cat away. I can imagine, you know, if John Wick was there, he's like, God damn it, man, I'm supposed to be on your side. And you go do shit like that. <laughs> well, they try getting out of the house, but, you know, comes after him again, like, she ends up throwing the cop and ends up getting his hand caught while he's cat-trapped, but he uses it to his advantage, throws it onto Mary, but, uh, doesn't do good against her for too long, as she ends up, like, picking him up and impaling him on a picket fence. But then, well, more of these cats just coming for her, and, yep, they just get all over her, and it just makes her catch up on flames. Ketchup on flames. Well. She catches on fire. Yeah, 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 that's what I meant. Shut up. (laughs) I I don't get this, like, right here, you know, of course I'm using my notes and the IMDB synopsis, and right here when she's, like, being attacked by, like, hundreds of cats, has here in parentheses, anyone recognize the reference? Hence, it's a classic children's book. They don't really tell us. I'm like, really confused. I, I don't get what the reference is supposed to be, honestly. She's on fire, and Mary's trying to get away, and we get a little final scare of Mary while back in her human form, falling on the windshield, saying, You killed my son! Until she finally gives, she finally dies. A little final scare as Clovis jumps right beside Tanya. Well, she ends up hugging him, and the cat starts leaving. Happy ending. Roll credits. What do you think of this movie, Scott? Oh, well, what the hell did I watch yesterday? <laughs> I mean, my God. I knew I put off watching this movie for a long time just because I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know anything about the original story. I didn't know anything about the movie. And I, going in, I, it was not knowing anything, I think, just made it all the more weird. I mean, first off, the the mother and son relationship that that's just fucked up. 
<laughs> I don't understand it one bit. I don't understand why they're, you know, fucking. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. The whole life force thing isn't really explained all that much. Like, they could have done a better job with that, I think. Um, I mean, the, the the makeup effects and, you know, the all that stuff, that that looked pretty good. It was, like, really weird-looking, you know, characters. You know, body suits and all that stuff. Like, <laughs> I mean, for when did this come out? 93? Two. 92. Yeah, that's not bad. That being said, uh, there's a lot of good-looking ladies in this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I'm going to go pretty just okay. <laughs> I, I was going to go right between the middle and just okay. Yeah. Like, like yeah. it's 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 hard. It's, it's like a 2.5. Yeah, okay. 3.5. Yeah, this movie, uh, I might have watched this movie a lot too much, but I don't know why I, I don't. I think the first time I checked out was in college, like, uh, we had one of those uh, movie stations. I want to say probably HBO. I don't know if we had it for just a weekend or not, but I just remember I just was flipping channels and caught this on there, and I didn't catch the whole thing, I think, but... I cut close to the beginning, probably when she was, like, dancing in a the movie theater when Charles Burtz meets up with her and, you know, just go take my eyes off of it. I mean, just a fucking bizarre movie. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember at one point, you know, I think it was after the movie ended, like, I'm going back into my bedroom, which I shared with somebody else, and tell my roommate there, like, oh, man, this movie, guy was fucking his mother, dude. <laughs> You know, watch it now, and, you know, it's just, still, it's just as bizarre, and, but it's just, like, one of those, you know, I made a comparison to Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 earlier, and I would say definitely one of those type of movies, and all, all the bizarre shit, and then you got them just suddenly going all one-liner crazy at the end of the movie, Yeah, I, I still fucking love Cop Kebab, <laughs> and, of course, like, you get all the crazy amount of cameos, too, I mean, Stephen King, of course, it's a Stephen King movie. He's well going to make cameo in most of his movies, and we don't we don't get a Stephen King cameo in the next movie. I just realized, unless I missed something. Um, I don't think so. And of course, then you get like all these other like horror movie directors and how like Barker and Hooper and Landis. I mean, man, you were just missing a uh, Carpenter and Craven at that point. I think. How cool would it have been to see them in this movie? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think overall, I'm just going to give this movie a pretty good because it's just so goddamn entertaining. I mean, you you just can't accuse it of being a boring flick. That's for goddamn sure. <laughs> it's too weird to be boring. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've always kind of said, like, worst thing a movie can do is be boring and all. And, you know, I mean... Like, take a movie like The Witch. I mean, okay, yeah, it's a well-made movie, but it fucking bores me, you know, to no end that all the good directing and acting, it don't matter, you know, if I can't get into the movie. And, well, this one and uh, some like Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 and Troll 2, you know, those aren't good movies, but they're fucking entertaining me. They don't bore me, which is why I can watch them over and over again. So, yeah, pretty good for me, pretty okay for Scott. I mean, it's my first time watching it. You know. uh, I, I own it now, so uh, will I revisit it someday? Uh, maybe. 
we'll just we'll have to see. And yeah, I'm so. definitely going to have to give it a lot more rewatches too. <laughs> definitely, I'm going to be going to show to friends as well. See the reactions from like the corn on the cob, the kill scene. <laughs> I mean, how many <laughs> how many other movies can you say have corn on the cob killings? I I don't think you can. Yeah. I don't think there are any. Yeah, maybe there's some of the Children of the Corn movies, but I don't know. I haven't seen all of those, and yeah, <laughs> some of those I'm like probably not going to. All right. Well, uh, let's see. Moving on. Uh, uh, my movie's next, and yeah, I'm gonna be doing the Night Flyer. So we're gonna put in a song trailer, and we'll be back. And we will figure out this mystery of who's the killer. <laughs> <laughs>
なるほど101 Bravo Lima come in over I can't have you sitting in the middle of my runway respond over And we're back. The Night Flyer from February. Well, it's a little confusing. Uh, I think I know why. Like the official date right next to the title is 1997, but the release date they have right here is February 6, 1998. From what I heard, this actually got a theatrical run, maybe, but it originally was a made for HBO movie. And uh, 6.0 on IMDb, which is pretty good. Uh, the director is this guy named Mark Pavia, who uh, doesn't have very much. He did uh, come back and do this movie called Fender Bender. It came out a few years ago, which I thought was a pretty good one. And from what I see, he's got a few other things on the uh, you know, pre-production list on his IMDb. So, yeah, he just might be one of those directors that just found a second wind somewhere. Not a big cast, honestly, like. Big name, of course, is the main guy, Miguel Ferrer, who we all know being as a RoboCop's creator. And, well, we got Pee-wee from the Porky's movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, the intro is just like it was on All My Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a bit. <laughs> and uh, you know, the main chick herself, uh, Julie Entwistle, I think that's how you pronounce her name. Well, I mean, she... She, again, doesn't have, like, a big filmography, like, only two movies. And, of course, I find out on her IMDb page, married to Mark Pavia. So, ah, yeah, she's a, she's a director's wife. So that's probably why she got a role in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> probably. All right, well, uh, if that's all, I say we begin. Okie dokie. Well, this movie begins with a runway. This, there's a, a runway owner trying to contact this plane that's just sitting out there. It's dark, there's no lights on it, so he doesn't get an answer, so he uh, he goes over and he tries to move the plane himself. You know, he ends up checking the plane out a little bit, and he's attacked by the Night Flyer. And yeah. he's just his face gets all fucking slashed up. Yeah, right off the bat, like, really cool kill scene right there. So we meet Richard Dees. He, uh. <laughs> well, as uh, All My Hero says, Dees Nuts! 
Dee's goes to uh, see his edi- editor because the editor cut out Dee's dead baby picture from an article that he wrote. <laughs> Where the whole, what my goddamn dead babies come from. <laughs> <laughs> there he meets Catherine Blair, a new reporter for this news outlet. I just want to point out, like, you know, as editor says, you know, maybe in the future you should try to keep the victims above the age of two. So it's like, okay, so uh, dead three-year-olds, he's okay with. He, he said it right there. Yeah, this editor, there's um, there's there's clearly something wrong with him. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, mentally, you could say. Maybe just well, insane with power. Yeah. Well, uh, she leaves, and Richard is given an assignment to investigate Dwight Renfield, a suspected vampire. Yes, and of course, you know, they point out how, like, his name just sounds like a combination of Dwight Fry, who played the original Renfield in the Bella Lugosi Dracula. So it's got to make you wonder if this is uh, Nightflyer's real name or not. You never know. But, uh, of course, Dees, he passes on this because, you know, there's there's really nothing there. The The cops know the, the tail number, they know the make and model, so, you know, of course, you know, they're going to be on it. He ends up leaving, and Catherine ends up telling him to a bar. You know, he doesn't appreciate her company because, you know, he's fucking Richard D's. He's a fucking heavy smoker, and he doesn't give a shit about anybody. <laughs> she, uh, she ends up asking him for his philosophy, and he says, never believe what you publish, and never publish what you believe. And of course, he also nicknames her Jimmy, after <laughs> Jimmy Olsen from Superman. Uh, Dwight's plane is parked on another runway, and he ends up attacking some old man in this trailer, and he just starts beating the fuck out of this guy because there's blood everywhere. And this old lady, she's just, like, staring out creepily, like, not blinking, and, like, you know, just accepting of what's happening. Yeah, so I guess uh, Night Flyer's a little kinder to the ladies. Well, uh... Dees, he finally uh, walks into the editor's office, and he gets assigned the case because there was, you know, the the attack last night. And, you know, the cops didn't do anything about it, so, you know, it's his job to go do something. Uh, the editor gives him the case and, you know, tells Catherine, you know, uh, yeah, he's taken over, you know, she's not too happy about this. She ends up giving him everything, rips up a plane ticket, and she's, she's just pissed. You gotta love that dramatic shot, too, when she rips up the ticket and just throws everything to the air. (laughs) (laughs) That was so dumb. (laughs) It's just like like a slow motion shot, and here's a above view of everybody staring at the pieces of the ticket going up in the air, and it just kind of fades into the Deez's plane. I was like, oh, that was an interesting choice (laughs) right there. (laughs) <laughs> that was just kind of dumb. Dee's flies out and uh, talks to another pilot about uh, Claire's murder. Uh, Claire being uh, one of the, the victims. And, uh, of course, this guy. Major, major Judd accent right there. <laughs> we see uh, a flashback to the uh, the previous two days. Uh, Claire says, Dwight Renfield flew in from Derry. Then the next night, he ends up killing Claire. The man also tells Dee's about a pile of dirt that was uh, under uh, 
Dwight's plane, almost as if, you know, something had died in there. It's full of, like, maggots and worms and nasty shit. Dees, he leaves and goes to a, a cemetery, to uh, Claire's grave, and he ends up fucking messing this thing up. He ends <laughs> up throwing some dead flowers down there. He ends up kicking the shit out of the tombstone, kicking that out of place. And then he ends up cutting his hand and places it on the tombstone. And, and you, uh, you know what I was thinking about at this moment? What? This movie kind of reminds me of another one, which we actually kind of talked about a little bit earlier. It's starting to make me think a bit about Nightcrawler a bit, because when you think about it, Dee's pretty much is like Jalen Hall's character in that movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We, I mean see it, we see it a little later of. with that, uh, you know, crash scene. He comes across, and you know, he's like trying to kick away that dead woman's arm to get a better view. <laughs> it just makes me think, oh, fuck it. Let's remake this movie and cast Gyllenhaal as Dee's. Yeah, he ends up uh, placing his hand on the the uh, the tombstone, and as he smears the blood on it, Dwight fucking I don't know if he flies by or if he just like senses that you know D's put his hand on the grave. Yeah, it might be be kind of a sensing type deal, I think. And so uh, D's he ends up leaving after a worker ends up catching him. Uh, D's is in his hotel room, and he gets a visit from Dwight, but it's only a nightmare. And uh, as he wakes up on the window, it says, stay away in blood. Uh, Dees goes to see the uh, the first victim, the first one in this movie, but apparently is the second victim, who has uh, large marks on his neck on both sides. There's one on each side, and it looks like a goddamn railroad spike drilled in their necks. Yeah, not your typical vampire bite, that's for sure. Uh Dees ends up telling his editor that the story won't be ready next week. So uh, the editor ends up sending Catherine to investigate. I just love how intense he gets like, fuck you, I won't be ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the next day, Dees ends up stumbling upon a huge accident. And he's taking a bunch of pictures and a cop tries to, uh, you know, get him to move. But he says he's the fucking press. I'm the fucking <laughs> press. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, you know, he has every right to be there. <laughs> yeah, again, uh, the Hall comparisons. He ends up traveling to uh, the next victim's town and he, uh, he talks to a few people, including the sheriff. Uh, you know, he's impersonating an FBI agent. Well, he, has, he then uh, goes to the crime scene of where, you know, the old lady and the old man, you know, were, were killed, apparently. And, you know, he takes some pictures of, you know, the blood and, you know, the, the empty bed where the old woman was apparently sucked dry. Yeah. And he notices all the, all the mirrors peacefully. are broken. Yeah. Laying peacefully while husband just had his head ripped off. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, man, writes a little kinder to the ladies. Yeah, the uh, all the mirrors in the in trailer are you know broken. They're all shattered into a bunch of pieces. So he ends up walking outside, and there's a fucking dog just sitting on the top of this trailer, and it doesn't look too happy, even though it's a fucking chocolate lab, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, let's so, take the, one of the kindest dogs we can get and make it look vicious. <laughs> Probably couldn't. <laughs> Probably couldn't afford a Doberman or something like that. <laughs> a Doberman or a Rottweiler or something. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, Dees, he ends up, you know, 
coming up to the police tape, so he has to go under it, but, you know, the dog is just eyeing him this whole time. And he makes a break for it. He goes underneath the tape, and he starts running to the car. This fucking dog is chasing him, and as he gets in the car, you expect the dog to jump up on it and start barking. But this fucking dog is back on top of the trailer. Like, it didn't even move. Yeah, so So, do do you think this was a night flyer in dog form, or...? It, it had to be something. Yeah. That, that was a little weird. Well, Dees, he's at a bar, and he sent a drink with a note that says, Stop Now, by Dwight. This angers Dees, so he tries to uh, chase Dwight down. But as, you know, uh, Dees gets outside, Dwight, he flies overhead, and, you know, he says, Fuck you, Dwight, I'll never stop. Fuck you, Dwight, I'm the goddamn press! <laughs> I'm the goddamn press. We don't stop for anything. Dees, he offers uh, Catherine a deal to work together. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, they find out they're at the same hotel. Well, actually, the editor found out, and I just love Annie finds out. He just didn't say anything to either of them. (laughs) Yeah, he just sits back on his desk and is like, I love this job. (laughs) So, uh,. They end up finally getting a lead after, like, a day of just calling up and down the East Coast that uh, Dwight is in Wilmington. So, Dees, he ends up uh, shoving Catherine into a freaking closet and trapping her as he ditches her. And he ends up flying out. Uh, Dees, he tries to, uh, to land in Wilmington, but he hears nothing but screams over the radio. And he finally speaks to Dwight. Dees, he lands, and he sees Dwight's plane. And he walks over, and he starts, you know, taking pictures and investigating. He opens up the plane, and it's filled with fucking blood and dirt and just nasty-looking plane. Is it yeah. also where he finds a photo album, too? Yeah. He ends up, uh, he sees, like, pictures of, you know, like, old-time old-timey stuff, like a woman with a fucking perm and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So he ends up walking inside, and he sees a fucking bloodbath. People are just cut up and just eviscerated all over the place. Yeah, Dwight went a little crazy. So he ends up taking pictures of, you know, as much as he can. But uh, he ends up walking over to this guy who's just... Like, I think he's, like, missing an eyeball or something. Yeah. And it's just, it's too much for him. And he, he's about to get sick, so... He ends up, you know, starting to run to the bathroom. But he ends up tripping and falling in a pool of blood. But he ends up, he, get, he gets up and he runs into the bathroom. And he throws up into the sink. And then he starts to try and clean himself up. As he hears footsteps behind him. And in one of the urinals, it looks like someone's pissing blood. But there's no one there. That's not healthy. You should get that checked out, Dwight. (laughs) I don't care if you're a vampire, man. That ain't healthy. (laughs) Dwight ends up flushing, and he starts walking towards Dee's, and the freaking mirrors start shattering. And, you know, Dee's, he ends up covering his face as uh, Dwight finally confronts Dee's. And demands that he destroys all the pictures and all the evidence he's had. Yeah, he, uh, he also he didn't even wash his hands. Ew. 
And uh, Dwight, he decides that he's not going to kill Dees because they are brothers in blood. And Dwight ends up leaving. Well, Dees chases him for a few seconds and demands to see his face. So Dwight obliges and he walks back and we finally see the Night Flyer's face and he is fucking ugly. Yeah. <laughs> I I couldn't even think of something to reference in this. Yeah, I mean, well, of course, all you have to do is look at the cover of the movie, too. Well, yeah. That... <laughs> yes, Just... uh, again, not your typical vampire, that's for sure. And he's those two, uh, the teeth marks are from two teeth, on one on the top and one on the uh, bottom of his jaw. And they extend as well, which is really interesting to see. So uh, Dwight, he ends up cutting his wrist, and he ends up smearing blood in Deez's mouth. And the world goes black and white as, you know, he starts hallucinating. He ends up seeing every victim he's ever photographed, and, you know, they're all just marching towards him and just, you know, freaking making him feel like shit. So... He ends up grabbing an axe, and he just starts fucking swinging at everything that's moving. And he's finally back in reality as there's cops standing there, and Catherine ends up running in. You know, he he seems to be crazy at this point because he starts running at the cops with the axe, and they just fucking gun him down. (laughs) They shoot him right in front of Catherine, which is pretty interesting. He ends up, you know, laying there dead as the cops, you know, they start walking over towards him. Catherine looks out the window, and she sees Dwight end up leaving. And, you know, she sees him in, like, a normal human form, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you know, most lore have vampires be able to do that. So she ends up walking back over to Deez's body, and she proclaims him as the Night Flyer. And we roll credits. Yep, going back to what he said earlier. Never believe what you publish and never publish what you believe. Jake, what do you think? Okay, so this was a movie that I saw for the first time. Thanks to all my heroes. When I saw that they were doing that, I was just like, okay, I gotta seek this movie out. And I think... uh, this might have been on YouTube back in the day. According to Scott, it still is on there. So I'm pretty sure that's how I first saw it. And, well, you know, I mean, not too far into the movie, I figured out who the killer was. <laughs> 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 you know we have to throw that in there. Of course. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting movie. I mean, one of those movies where not a lot is going on, but you still are pretty hooked into it. Mostly because of the performance by Miguel Ferrer. I mean, he's just so fucking intense in this movie, you know. I'm a goddamn press! Fuck you! It's just how he's, like, so, uh, like, oh, what's the word I want? Becoming so involved with the story. I mean, you know, it's probably what did him in. You know, he just became too involved in it, and it just makes him go crazy at the end. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, there really was a fucking vampire out there but you know we, i think as we uh, it really was getting to tease a bit and which leads everybody to believe that he was a night flyer himself 
And again, I just like how it's not your just typical vampire we get in this, you know. This isn't Bella Lugosi or anything. This is just like a fucking monstrous type vampire. I mean, just the way he could do that shit with his teeth. And, you know, it's not little two uh, little mosquito bites on your neck. You just rip your fucking throat out, which I thought was pretty cool. I think I have, I might have the book that uh, this uh, story originated from. So I never really read this. I'll have to seek it out, but. From what I've read, like the only thing that uh, is different is, of course, the Catherine part. So it just looks like they added that to the movie. Just to, I guess, give a little bit more storyline. You know, you know, we got some competition and really make someone uh, get the story out a little more. And again, well, Pee Wee in this movie has a Bozzy's, uh, nice little comedic relief because he's. He's uh, just as much as an asshole as Deez is, but Deez is the intense asshole, and he's just like, uh I'm putting you two against each other. And uh, something you did miss, uh, you know, earlier, like, I think it was Catherine, she's looking at all the uh, past uh, front pages of the paper they work at, and if you didn't notice, there were, like, some good uh, Stephen King Easter eggs in there, like, talks about a man who got a gypsy curse and made himself thinner and thinner. And I think they said there was like some needful saying stuff in there as well. Uh, yeah, again, more of that in Stephen King universe type shit. And I guess according to the IMDb, like, I don't remember what the uh, last time I've read uh, The Dead Zone was, but apparently Deez was a character in that as well. Just a little bit part where he's interviewing the character. But yeah, but uh, yeah, after that, yeah, it was a pretty awesome movie, so... I don't think there's quite enough for a best in this one, but it's definitely a pretty damn good for sure. Um, you know, I for the longest time I fucking forgot about this movie. Like, it doesn't matter how many times I listen to all my heroes. I mean, this is one of the higher up episodes. I think it's like episode ninety three or something. Yeah, something around there. Yeah. But you know, I also watched this after they recommended it, and you know, I was really shocked by it and you know i was really blown away by the performance of you know ferrer but i haven't watched it in such a long time and i really don't know why yeah i mean it it is a good movie but i don't feel like it's one of those really talked about movies from stephen king like maximum overdrive isn't either you know it's 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 something about you know the ones that have like really interesting stories that i don't know it's just that a lot of people don't talk about them yeah, I don't, I don't know why. Honestly, this isn't really bad of a movie. I mean, I mean, it's not too cheesy. I mean, it gets some cheesy moments once in a while, but they actually do a good job of making this like a good, legitimate horror movie. We actually get some creepy ass scenes every once in a while. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's it's a really interesting movie. I mean, you know. Ferrer really, you know, is the star of this. But, you know, I mean, even, you know, the, the Night Flyer, just the end there is just, it, it's creepy in, in itself. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to give this a, a pretty good, you know, it's it's definitely worth a watch. If you can find a copy on YouTube, you know, definitely check it out. I, I don't know yeah. if you haven't seen it and you're listening to this, but, you know, definitely, definitely seek it out and, you know, check it out. Yeah, unfortunately, it sounds like YouTube is, like, the only way you will probably be able to catch this movie for 
a while. I mean, yeah, there's like, I don't know if there's even, I mean, there probably is a DVD release for it, but it's probably, I imagine, a pretty bare bones DVD. Not, there's not even a Blu-ray release. I mean, come on, Shout Factory, get on this movie. I mean, the, I mean, the copy we did watch, I mean, that's not too bad overall, but man, I would love to see a good cleaned up version of this and maybe a good director commentary as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, like if you even if, you know, it, it only ever comes to Blu-ray, I think it could still look good. I mean, oh, I yeah. don't think there's really too many scenes where it's, you know, they use CGI. It's it's a lot of practical effects. And it looks oh, good. yeah. Oh, fuck. I'd love to see that end sequence in good HD, the black and white <laughs> sequence. I... Fucking creepy ass. Uh, oh, man. The freaking, like, fangs walking up towards you. It's just, it's... Yeah, yeah, I forgot to mention, I mean, before All My Heroes, I did hear about this movie, but I think, you know, I had this movie confused with Langoliers, you know, which is another Stephen King story that involves planes and shit, but, yeah... <laughs> Those two movies couldn't be any more different. And yeah, maybe sometime we will discuss the Langoliers. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> All, right. Oh, all right. Got anything else to say about the Night Flyer? No, not that I can think of. Yeah. Definitely, uh, definitely check it out. Oh, yeah. And again, Scream Factory, get on top of this movie, please. You should send him a tweet, say, hey, you know, get on this. Right. All right. So let's take a break and discuss what we will be doing next time.
So, next time, subject at hand is a bunch of old farts still trying to do some crazy action shit. I mean, that pretty much sums the movies up well, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's pretty much the basis of it. <laughs> Should be fun, though. I, I, I've really wanted to, you know, discuss these movies with somebody in intellectual for a while. So, in case you were wondering, we are talking about Red and Red 2 with Bruce Willis, John Malkovich, and <clears throat> I think Brian Cox is one of them, or both of them. I don't remember. Yeah. I, I know I've seen Red 1. I, I'm not sure if I've seen Red 2, honestly. I imagine when watching it, it'll just come back to me, but yeah. So yeah, it should be interesting discussion. Retired and extremely dangerous. Yeah, that's what it means. I, I was just even sitting here wondering, what the hell does red mean again? I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so it should be fun. Uh, I believe, uh, do we have another piece of uh, feedback? Do we? Could have sworn boss accident too. Um... Alright, first thing, goddammit, unholy motherfuckers or mofos or unlistenable retards or whatever the fuck you want to be called, I don't give a shit. Jake Scott. Yes, I'll vote on Facebook for your girls of horror. I'm not going to try and remember them and tell you shit. Because fuck it, I don't care really that much. But I'll vote on Facebook, because that's what I'll do. But... As for your three shit, Jake, part three's being bad. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna battleship you and sink your bullshit all together here. Nightmare on Elm Street three, obviously the best one in the series. Mm-hmm. You can make a great argument for the original being better, but still, part three is gotta be right up there with the original, beating out the rest of the fucking franchise. Yeah, I agree Scott, with that. Pull your head out of your ass. Think of other people. A $20 rental is not more expensive than going to the fucking theater. Think of going as a couple or, you know, take your blow-up doll if you want. It doesn't really matter to me how you want to look at it. But you figure tickets, $10, $11, $12, two people go on pay for that movie right there. You invite people over, you rent a movie for 20 bucks. You're eating your own food in your house instead of buying snacks and popcorn and bullshit at the goddamn theater and then jerking off in the popcorns up. Way fucking better than just doing it at home. I did it with The Invisible Man. Great fucking movie, by the way. Felt like Sleeping with the Enemy crossed over with an Invisible Man bullshit. Um, then you got... Uh, oh, fuck, who cares? Um, I have one more thing. Oh, no, I talked about the girls' tournament already. I ain't gonna remember that shit. <laughs> I think that's all I got to say. And maybe it'll be another two years. Maybe you'll get this right away. Maybe I'll be back in fucking business every goddamn week. You never know what I'm going to do. Love, peace, and chicken grease. Love, peace, and chicken grease. Well, I'm going to throw this at you, Balsack. Uh Going to the theaters, I only pay like $7.50 for uh, a ticket. Like The, the movie theater that, that I go to is pretty cheap yeah, and it's got well, real fucking real nice seats and well i mean the last few years of course i've been using those movie passes and then those didn't work out well you know and then i got uh, gift cards for christmas <laughs> gift cards that are still not used up who knows if they ever will be at this point motherfucker but then again you know again i'm the one who 
uh, spent uh, what was it twenty dollars on that fucking tornado movie? Uh, of course, that was a fucking rental though, which yeah, I remember you were supposed to be giving me shit about that. <laughs> yeah, we, we we can't get on each other for making dumb purchases. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I I would say yeah, Nightmare Numbs. Street 3, that's a good example. And I thought of a few other, like, uh, good counter-examples. Well, uh, most of the Marvel movies, I mean, yeah, okay, we kind of already discussed Iron Man 3. Actually, I think we discussed that on a break, but, you know, of course, that's the exception to what I'm talking about because, yeah, that was my least favorite of them. I don't think it's a bad movie, but it's just my least favorite. But then the ones that are fucking good and fucking amazing, well, you got... Captain America Civil War. I would definitely say that's the best of the three right there. And Thor Ragnarok. That is definitely the best of the three Thor movies. I guess we would also count Infinity War, which is the third of the Avengers movies. And yeah, I'd say that definitely blows the first two out of the water. Yeah, but I still say the fourth one's the best. Well, yeah. As, I mean, as sad as it is. Well, yeah, I mean... Well, of course, I would say, yo, three and four blow the first two out of the water, for sure. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, there was other few counterexamples we were able to think of. Uh, yeah, I guess that's the only thing Balsack got to talk about right there. So, yeah, thank you, Balsack. Uh, maybe we'll see you again. Who knows? Hey, Balsack, <laughs> you, have, you have some thoughts about Red? I mean, those seem like the type of movies you'd watch, maybe. <laughs> Red, Red 2, or, you know, The Night Flyer and Sleepwalkers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Balsack, I'd love to hear what you have to say about Sleepwalkers. What do you think <laughs> about the incest in that story, man? <laughs> oh, I'm sure he'll have a lot to say about that. <laughs> so, Balsack or anybody else, send thoughts to unholymofos at gmail.com or Jake the Snake 1354. Ah, uh, woo. Jake the Snake 54 on Twitter. Yeah, I, Jake the Snake 54 on Twitter. Nearly gave up my email right there. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm a brother underscore got one. Uh, yeah, so I guess that's really all we have to say. So, hey, until Red 1 and 2, peace out. Later, fuckers. Stay until morning.
Let it be spoken, let it be screamed 